this story is told over by someone who was a shliach in California by the name of Rabbi Drizen. He was in a place called Berkeley. It's an older school for Goyim, or a Goyish school. Jews go there also, called a college or university. Now, people can learn a lot of things there. Some people can lo- use it out for good things. But in general, most of the cases, it's not always such a good idea. Usually not a good idea for a Jewish person to go. The best thing for a Jewish person to do is to learn Torah, to be in yeshiva, or a good Jewish girls' school for girls. And when, if someone needs parnasa, they need money, Hashem helps, and they, they, they can learn if they need to other things. Because a lot of times, you'll hear from this story, not always the best thing happened in colleges. They for sure don't learn Torah and don't act the way the Torah says. But some people could gain good things from it, but you have to be very careful before anybody thinks of going, you know, the best place, again, is to go to learn Torah. But this person, this rabbi, he was a shliach there. He didn't go there because he wanted to join this Galatia school to learn. He went there because there are Jewish people there. And he has to help them, try to get them kosher food, try to get them to daven, to do mitzvahs, to teach them about what's so special being a Jewish person, how to do more mitzvahs. And when he was there, so like every few days, he would get a call from a mother and saying, oh, my uh, child, my daughter is there somewhere. And they would say, you know, my child, my daughter is lost somewhere. They didn't contact me. Can you try to, like, find them for me? They didn't have cell phones back then. It was a little harder to contact. But if people would go, sometimes sometimes they would forget to call home to their parents. I can mention here, while well, in many ways at it, that, talking about it, that it's very important to have keep it of aim to respect your parents. And now, when, when someone's young, they go home, and every day they see their, you know, their parents at home. But when somebody gets older and they go away for school, they could, uh, okay, I don't see them. Like, maybe they could... If they're homesick, they, I'm sure they call a lot. But if they're not, and they think they're fine, sometimes they said, okay, I don't need a call. But it's very important to call, for, you know, to honor your parents, to call them every so often, to speak to them, even when someone is a big grown-up adult. I also call my parents and speak to them. At least uh, once a week I try to, you know, call and speak to them before Shabbos, sometimes more. I remember as a child, my father also calling up his parents. You know, I always see how... Make sure to respect your parents, no matter what age you are. This is something that Hashem says. So, a lot of times, basically a lot of things happened there. People got lost. Who knows what happened? So he was very busy going around trying to find different people, Jewish people who were there, and then they got lost different places. So he'd always keep with him his talus and tefillin in his car in case he ever gets stuck somewhere. Now, one Friday... He was sitting in the Chabad house and he got a call from someone by the name of Mr. Friedman. And Mr. Friedman was crying away on the phone and spoke to him and said that his daughter was on the way to go to Hawaii with someone who wasn't Jewish, had a different religion, and she was going to go with him and join Chas Shalom, a different religion, not go away far away from being Jewish. And that Shabbos, they were staying in a little town called Emigrant Gap. And after Shabbos, they were going to leave and fly in a plane and go far away. And he thought, who knows if he's going to see her again. And Rechmonelstand, she wants to go away from Yiddishkeit. So he's crying on the phone to the Shriach. 
and he said, please talk to her before she leaves. Now, it was only a few hours before Shabbos. He didn't have much time. He can't drive on Shabbos. I mean, unless it's a case of Pekuch Nefesh, like if someone's chasm um, going to die, actually Shulchan Aruch actually says that if Goyim want, want to kidnap someone or they kidnap a, a Jewish person, a boy or a girl, and they're taking them away, then on Shabbos you are allowed to actually run after them to save them. So here, they were going to take this girl away, and she's going to go to Hawaii and go to a Chasm a different religion. So maybe even he would be allowed to be driving on Shabbos, but Baruch Shem, he didn't have to. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't drive on Shabbos. He got right before Shabbos there in the story. So he looked at the clock and saw it was a few hours before Shabbos, and he remembered... Once, when he was driving on the highway nearby, he's seeing a sign for that place. He said, okay, it's probably not so far away. And those days when the story happens, they didn't have GPSs, didn't have smartphones. Um, I don't think they had, no, they didn't have internet there. So he couldn't, like, look on the computer. But where exactly is it? He remembered he was driving on the highway, he saw a sign for that place. Okay, so it can't be too far. So he picked up the, he, okay, he said, fine, I'll go. And I'm trying to meet them. I guess he must have got the address. And he called his wife and said, listen, I need to go to uh, this place. It's like, I think it's two hours away. I'll wait to get there and back right in time before Shabbos. I'll, 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 I'll come back in time. So she said, okay, fine. You know, but just remember, after Shabbos, we have an event. You know, we need to do homework after Shabbos. You know, hopefully you get back before Shabbos. No problem. Don't worry. He started driving. And he was driving, driving for a while in that direction. We remembered where is the, that place. He's driving after a while, and after a while, he said, you know, it can't be so far. After driving for a long time, he stopped and asked for directions, and said, where is this place, you know, uh, Emigrant Gap? So they said, oh yeah, keep on going, it's another 75 miles. And that's usually at least another hour driving, it depends how fast you drive, but hopefully he's usually not supposed to drive too fast, not too safe, but he, whatever, he said, what am I going to do now? I already went for a long time, and I'm just going to stop and go back and not, not go beat them. Someone has to show them, they, maybe they'll get lost if not for, for this. So he went to a phone. They, 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 again, they didn't have cell phones then. They had to go to a phone booth. I don't know if children nowadays know what a phone booth is, but maybe you see some, some of them around somewhere. He called his wife and said, listen, I don't think I'm going to get back for Shabbos, but I don't know, what can I do? I think I have to I have a mission to go save them. You know, shouldn't get lost. A Jewish soul. So he kept on going, going, going. Finally, finally, he got to a sign and said, this place, and we can grab a tiny little town, and it was maybe half an hour before Shabbos. So he came, and he saw there was a tiny little gas station. There was a, there was a store that it was everything in one store. It was a tiny, tiny little town, one little store. It was a gas station, grocery store, and the post office for the mail, all in one tiny little shop. And he said, oh, uh, I need to get to this address. It's an immigrant grab. He said, yeah, drive 20 minutes up the road. It was like, seems like a town in the middle of nowhere, maybe in the middle of the woods or mountains. I was never there, and I didn't even check on the maps exactly what it looks like, but uh, this, is, this is the story. So in that store, he realized he's stuck here for Shabbos. He can't drive back in the middle of Shabbos. So he saw whatever food he saw there was kosher, and he started getting to the address, driving, and right before Shabbos he got there, he knocked on the door, and some non-Jewish man, African-American man, opens up. And he said, I- I'm here, I'm looking for Dina Friedman. And this uh, guy, this not Jewish person, was very, very nice and said, yeah, come in, she's here. So the shliach, the rabbi, came in and he brought his bags, whatever it was, his talis and the food. 
And the man was, you know, the guy was very nice to him, but when this young woman saw him, she had like this angry look in her face, and she walked out of the room, and that was it. She, she didn't want to talk to him, didn't want to see him. And uh, she realized, she knew, oh, a rabbi's coming here, oh, I know why. <laughs> Probably my father sent him to go get me. He tried to convince me I shouldn't go. She went out of the room, didn't want to talk to him. So now he told this uh, man there, this Goyesha man, said, um, it's okay if I stay here overnight. You know, what's he going to do? It's already Shabbos. He can't drive anywhere. So he said, no problem. Sure, stay here. He got him a sleeping bag, a place to put his stuff down, and they decided to talk. They were, they were talking, down, talking to each other. And this Goyesha man, this non-Jewish man said, that, you know, they're planning getting married. He was a Christian, joined some kind of new religious group. And he kept on telling this man, said, you know, your friend, there's a girl, Dina, you want to marry? She's Jewish. She was born Jewish. And you want her to leave being Jewish and to become a guy, something else. So, but before, she, you know, if you want her to join your religion, she should probably study what, what Judaism is first. She should, have, she should know what it is. Before before she leaves, you know she doesn't know she doesn't know anything about her own religion first. Then she could you know maybe decide if she wants to join you. So this guy's listening. He said, you know, sounds like a good idea. Why not? He said maybe uh, maybe after we get married, you know, she can learn about Judaism for a few months. Uh, where, do you have any idea where she, where she should go? And he said, yeah, there's a seminary, a girls' seminary, in Minnesota, Beishana. And uh, a lot of Jewish women go there and study there. And uh, this guy was very friendly. He said, oh, sounds a good idea. Meanwhile, Dina, the Jewish girl he came for, did not want to say one word to him, does not interested in talking to this rabbi. So far away, he spent many, a lot of time talking to this guy, but not one word to the Jewish girl, who that's who he came for. And he had his uh, sardines, his, you know, a little bit of kosher food he bought, and it wasn't like his normal Shabbos he usually had in a shul with his family. He was in this little house somewhere in the middle of nowhere with a, a Gaish man and some Jewish girl. Okay. So Shabbos, he spent talking to this guy. This guy was excited about his new interesting religion he found. But the whole Shabbos, he didn't get to make a single word. Dina did not want to talk to him. He realized, okay, what could I do? I came. I tried. She didn't want to talk to me. I failed. What can I do? I have to go back. Shabbos was over, so this shliach, this rabbi did this, and he took his stuff. He went back into his car, and he turned on the motor, turned on the engine, his tiny little car, and all of a sudden, this girl Dina came out with her bag. She went right over to the car, opened the door, sat down, and he didn't know why on earth she decided to come with, come with me, come in the car. And okay, just took off, and he started driving back. Now, Usually, there are halachas of yich, something called yichud, is that if people are not related, like a husband and wife, or a father with his daughter, or sister, different different cases, certain ex- cases of really close relationship, usually they're not allowed to be alone together, a man and a woman who are not related. And even related, it depends who, there's a lot of halachas about it. So usually... A man and woman are not allowed to drive in a car together at night in places where, you know, far away. But when it comes to cases of pikuch nefesh, and especially this case, he had to save her from from chasam going from religion, and he drove right back. So the lach is different in such a case. So they he was driving back 
towards the, the place in California where they're coming from. And for 20 minutes, she's quiet, quiet. She didn't say a word. Finally, after 20 minutes, she spoke up. And she said, you know, you don't know why I decided to come with you. Do you? And he said, uh, no, I, I don't. You could tell me. So then she broke down crying away. And she said that all my life, my father told me that when I was a little child, he brought me to see the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Is she, her was an orphan from her mother. Her mother passed away when she was very young. So her father was very worried about her. What's going to be? My daughter growing up without a mother. And how is she going to grow up to be a proud Jewish girl, especially when she doesn't have a Jewish mother anymore? Her mother passed away. So the Rebbe listened, and the Rebbe gave a bl- his blessing, a bracha. And the Rebbe said, told the father, if you ever have any problems, any challenges with your daughter's Judaism, her connection to being Jewish, call Chabad and we're going to help you. And that was when I was a little child, and my father always would tell me this story. So I'd always heard the story from him. And now I was about to actually leave Judaism, and you showed up. Did my father tell you this story? So he said, no, your father didn't say anything about the Rebbe. He just told me that, uh, you know, I should come visit you. I said, yeah, that's what my dad, he doesn't talk too much. But I want to tell you is that you're doing what the Rebbe said. The Rebbe said that Chabad will, will come to help you, and you're coming to help me. So I I remember that, and I figured I should come with you. This is the story I've been hearing my whole life. So when he got back to Berkeley, so instead of bringing her back to the college, they got her to go, she went to go to Beis Chana, in the, the seminary in Minnesota, and she really enjoyed it. And she learned about what it means to be Jewish and to live and to live according to what Tata says. And she ended up keeping all the mitzvahs and, in, and learning the, the best way to live and enjoying a rich Jewish life.